You are listening to a message from Covenant Christian Center, New York City, with Pastor Bayou Isan. Be blessed as you listen. On the pursuit of purpose. Amen. And it's in the same line that we've been sharing in the last two weeks. Two weeks ago, I shared about whose reports will you believe? And I explained that the Bible says, Isaiah said, whose reports, who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? And I declare unto you, according to the word of the Lord, the arm of the Lord is revealed unto the one who believes the report of the Lord. That's what the woman with the issue of blood discovered. When she heard the report of Jesus and believed it and began to declare in the spirit of faith that if I can just touch the helm of his garment, I will be made whole. She began to say over and over to herself, if I can just touch the helm of his garment, just like the report I have heard concerning him, I shall be made whole. The Bible says Jesus did not even chastise her for drawing power without permission. He does declare to her, your faith has made you whole. Amen. Your faith has made you whole. And that is what God is looking from each and every one of us. That are we going to walk by faith? Are we going to operate by faith? The Bible says that without faith, it is what? Impossible. To please God. If we're going to please God in any way, we must be operating in the spirit of faith. The Bible says we having the same spirit of faith, we believe and therefore we speak. The proof that we believe the report of the Lord is that we are speaking it. We are declaring it. We are appropriating that report to ourselves. We are taking it as our very own. Praise the Lord. Now turn to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. The Bible tells us about a race. And life is like a race. It's not a sprint, but rather a marathon with a lot of hurdles. Amen. Hurdles that we must overcome. Mountains that we must overcome. Walls that we must pull down to get to the very end. The Bible says, he that endures to the end is the one that is saved. So endurance is required in our walk of faith. That is, there will be things that we go through that are contrary to what we believe, but we must persevere and endure, holding fast to what we believe. The Bible says concerning the certain type of soil, I said, the ones that lacked roots, that lacked depth, the Bible says that they believed only for a little while. Amen. They believed only for a little while. But when trials and tribulations arose because of the word, because of the word that they had heard, says they got offended. They got offended because of what was happening and they did not bear any fruit. The soil... The Bible says another type of soil. Thorns and briars came up. What were those? The cares of this world. The desires for other things. Lust for other things. It says those things came to choke the word they heard. And they did not produce any fruit. But the good soil are those who heard the word. The Bible says they received it. 
They kept it. They held fast to that word. They endured. The Bible says they produced fruit with patience as they exercised themselves in faith. Hebrews says that the word they heard did not profit them not being mixed with faith. So the word you hear will not profit you. The word you receive from the scriptures will not profit you in any way whatsoever if you do not mix it with faith. Praise the Lord. You have to mix the word you have heard with the spirit of faith that causes you to begin to declare, to begin to say, to begin to call those things which be not as though they were. Not being moved by what you see, but being moved. Your eyes are not on what you can see, the things that are temporal, but your eyes are upon the things that are not seen, which are eternal. Amen. That is, that temporal time can last 12 years, like it did for the woman with the issue of blood. Until she received the word, the report of the Lord, and she exercised faith in that report that caused the arm or the power of the Lord to be revealed unto her. Revelation follows what you believe concerning the report of the Lord. God will do nothing until he has revealed it, until you obtain a revelation of what you are declaring. A revelation of his power and his glory. That's why the scripture says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate upon it day and night. That is, how do you keep it not departing out of your mouth? You are meditating upon it day and night. I have said last week, that word meditation, other translations use the word, you shall recite it day and night. That is, you are continuously reciting the word of the Lord. You are continuously reciting the scriptures, the promises of God, day and night, so that you can do what? Observe. That's revelation. So that you can receive a revelation of what to do according to what is written in the scriptures. That is what God said to, to Jeremiah, what do you see? And he said, I see an almond tree. God says, you have seen well. You have seen into the realm of the invisible. I am ready to perform my word. God is ready to perform his word when your eyes are opened to see what you are saying. Amen. That's what happened with Gehazi, with Elisha's servant. Elisha said, they that are with us are more than they that are with them. It could have been a quote from the scripture. It is now a quote from the scripture. Then it was just the prophet speaking. But his servant could not comprehend, did not have a spiritual understanding, a revelation of what the prophet said until the prophet prayed Lord, open his eyes to see. And then he discovered truth. And that truth liberated him from fear. It liberated him from anxiety. He saw an innumerable company of angels. He saw an angelic host of fire around Elisha. So that word no longer was just something that was being said. He had a spiritual understanding, wisdom from above. His eyes had been opened, the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the eyes of his understanding 
had been enlightened to comprehend the meaning of that word. That is why Paul continually prayed for the church. He says, when I heard of your love and your faith, I continue to pray that the spirit of wisdom and revelation, so that your eyes can be opened to know, not know in your head, know in your heart, know in your spirit, the hope, the expectation of my calling, the riches of the glory of my inheritance in you, and so that you can know by experience the exceeding greatness of my power towards you. Who do what? Believe. You must believe. If you believe, then you are speaking, you are declaring, you are saying, God began creation by saying, let there be light. In the beginning was the word, where word was with God and the word was God. God started by saying, let there be light. The Bible says there was darkness across the deep. The spirit hovered upon the waters, but nothing happened until God said. Nothing will happen until you begin to say. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. They that love it shall eat the fruits thereof. Amen. Hebrews chapter, that's just a recap of what we've been sharing in the last two, three weeks. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. The Bible says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, it's talking about chapter 11, where the Bible talks about faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of not, things not seen. And it goes on throughout chapter 11 to describe different patriarchs that did things, that they did mighty things by faith. Amen. It says, by faith, Moses did this. By faith, Abraham did this. By faith, Isaac did this. By faith, Rebecca. Everyone was by faith. Amen. That was what was operating in them. The spirit of faith. That is why God recognized each and every one of them. Because they were operating by faith. And it says, therefore... We also, we are not left out. We, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. So that's the first thing we must do if we are going to pursue God's purpose for our lives. You must lay aside every weight. That is, it's impossible for you to run if you're carrying a weight. Amen. The two don't go together. It says, lay aside every weight. What is that weight? The sin which so easily ensnares us. It didn't say the sin, it's, it takes, it's a difficult thing to point to. It says, it easily ensnares us. That's why we must be vigilant. That's why we must watch and pray so that we do not, what? Fall into temptation. Jesus said, look, the spirit is willing, but the flesh, it is weak. Therefore, watch and pray, just like I had to, because there was a part of me that didn't want to go to the cross. I was saying, Lord, if it is possible, you know you can do all things. Let this cup pass over me. But I came to the place where I said, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. The sin that so easily ensnares us can be us wanting to exercise our will and not the will of the Father. That is, you can be so stubborn that mm, it, 
sin, the Bible says, is very deceitful. It is very subtle. It can be the one that so easily ensnares us. You are focused on I'm going to, my will. Says, not Jesus had to pray. If Jesus had to pray, not my will. Do you understand? Jesus, our Lord and Savior, had to pray, not my will, to show you how strong the will can be. How stubborn and resistant. The, the Bible says, the carnal mind, the mind that is set on the things of the flesh, is not subject to the will of God, and it cannot be. It cannot be trained to obey God. The only, the only goal for the flesh is death. That's why we are crucified with Christ. The judgment for the flesh is death. So that you will not do your will, but the will of the Father. So the first thing in discovering or walking in our purpose is that, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Let me not be easily ensnared by my own will or the will of others. Amen. That is the expectations of others. What would they think? What would they say if I did this? God says, who cares? As long as you're obeying me. He told Jeremiah, do not be dismayed by their faces. Do not be dismayed. Otherwise, I will dismay you. Do not be moved by what they say. Otherwise, I will be the one to deal with you. He said it to Ezekiah as well. He said, do not be moved. I will deliver you from them, but do not be moved by their expectations of you. Only be moved by the Spirit. Be moved by my expectations of you. It says, let us run with endurance. Because it's going to require endurance, the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus. That is the key. Continuously looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. It begins with him. He's the one that perfects it. Amen. He's the one that gives us a word to believe. And he's the one that brings that word to fruition says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. says, for consider him who endured what? Such hostility from sinners. What was he enduring during that race? Hostility from others. Some people rejected him. Some people spoke against him. Some people abused him. Others criticized him. Others challenged his authenticity. Amen. Not everyone agreed with him. Some called him a bastard. Some said, how dare you equal yourself, equate yourself with God. Said he endured such hostility. That is, he did not conform his, himself to the expectations of men. The Bible says Jesus did not take the praise of men. He didn't, he didn't commit his soul to men. He committed his soul to God. Amen. He committed himself unto God. He didn't receive the praise. Because today, men will praise you. And tomorrow, they will criticize you. They're like the wind. If they like what you're saying, they will praise you. If they do not like what you're saying or what you're doing, they will criticize you. They will speak ill against you. They will seek to pull you down. 
That's what they did to Jesus. They chose a criminal over someone that was healing multitudes and feeding multitudes. That's the heart of man that doesn't know God. Says he endured such hostility from sinners against himself. Says just consider and look, whatever you're going through, Jesus himself went through it. Says, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. That is, if you are enjoying hostility from people, Jesus too, he tread that path. He endured the cross. You will need endurance in this race. Not everyone is going to agree with you. Not everyone is going to believe what you are saying. God said that to the prophets. They will, that is, I'll put my word in your mouth, yet they will not believe because they are rebellious people. But they need to hear the word so that they will have no excuse. Galatians 2 verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. This is not just a confession. We want that to be our experience. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And how do I live that life? The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That is, he is the author and the finisher of my faith. He is the one that carries my burdens and gives me rest. He is the one that fills me with living water so that I thirst no more. He is the bread of life that, do you understand what I'm saying? The author and the finisher of my faith. Said so the life I live, I live by faith in him. The one who died for me. The one who was glorified so that I too can reign as he is reigning. So that I too can walk in the power that he is walking in. That is, I am a joint heir with Christ. I'm an heir of God through Christ and I'm a joint heir with Christ through his blood. Galatians 6 verse 14 says, But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. So look, if you're going to run this race with endurance, you have to lay aside the weights, the weights of the world. The message translation says, because of that cross, I have been crucified in relation to the world, set free from the stifling atmosphere of pleasing others and fitting into the little patterns that they dictate. That is, I am free from the expectations of men, conforming myself to the patterns that they've set for me. I'm not subject to the will of man. I am only subject and submitted to the will of God. That's the first thing in purpose. First Peter chapter 4, verse 1 to 5 summarizes it like this. It says, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh by going to the cross, it says, Arm yourselves also with the same mind. It says, Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ. One translation says, arm yourselves like a soldier with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. And you know, I, I, what struck me was that, I've always wondered, what is that sin? And it's right there in the next part of the verse. That he no longer should leave the rest of his time in the flesh for the lusts of men. The sin that you, are be, that you are seizing from sin by being crucified with Christ, is that you no longer should leave the rest of your time in the flesh for the loss of men, 
but rather for the will of God. No longer for the expectations of men, but for the expectation of God. It says, for we have spent enough of our pastime in doing the will of the Gentiles or doing the will of the nations. When we walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, reveries, drinking parties, abominable idolatries, in regard to this, they think it's strange that you do not run with them. This is another race. They want you to run. It's a different type of race. It is not the race of the Lord. So they think it's strange that you're not running with them in the same flood of dissipation. Speaking evil of you. Said, so look, be ready to endure hostility from them. You are not subject to the will of man. You are subject to the will of God. Jesus said, not my will and not the will of men, but the will of God be done. Says they will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Everybody will give account. Did you submit yourself to the will of God or were you subject to the will of men or to your own belly, your own appetites, your own will to do your own thing? Bible says some people, their God is their belly, their own appetite, their own, what they want to do, not the will of God. It says they are enemies of the cross. That's how the Bible describes them. They are enemies of the cross. They don't want their will to die. It says, I no longer live. That is, I've submitted myself, my desire to the will of God. Use me as a vessel according to what you want. I have been created for your glory. I have been created to be used of you, your workmanship, unto good works. Jesus said in Matthew 26, 41, it says, The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit is willing. How many times have you gone through things and you're like, Oh, why did I do that? Why did I do that? No, I shouldn't have done that. You know inside, you know, you, your, your conscience, you know, you, your, your conscience pricks you. You know you shouldn't have done that. The Bible says the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So the flesh has to be put to death. You have to declare, not my will, but yours be done. Not my will. If you're going to fulfill the purpose of God, it has to be, not my will, but yours be done. Not the will of men, not the expectations of men, but the will of God and the expectation of God. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 to 26. The Bible talks about this race. Do you know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Only one person receives the prize. In a normal race, there are several runners, but only one can be the winner. Amen. So how is that possible in God? All of us are winners. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That is because each of us has our own race to run. You are not running the race of the person next to you. God expects you to run. The race that Moses ran is different from the race that Abraham ran. Is different from the race that Isaac ran. Is different from the race that David ran. Everybody has their own race to run. You will only fail if you do not run your race and you run somebody else's race. It says run in such a way that you may obtain it. Obtain that prize. Bible says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. It says, everyone who competes for the prize is temperate. Or, that word means exercises self-control. That means you, you don't just allow yourself in, to indulge in things. 
an athlete. My, my, my niece, when she's going for a swimming competition, maybe two weeks to the time, she stops eating certain things. She changes her diet. Why? Because she knows she needs to eat certain kinds of food to be able to be strong enough to do what she needs to do to win her race. Same thing for the athlete that is running. You cannot be eating burgers every day and think you're going to win your race. Amen. It's not going to happen. So he says you exercise self-control. There are certain things you cannot engage in that all I want you to do. You cannot because you want to please the one who is your commanding officer. There are certain things your flesh will cry out for and you will exercise self-control and say no. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit, the Bible says. Says you have not been given the spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and of a sound mind. Now, what sound mind is self-control? That is, you've been given the spirit to exercise. Where Paul said, "I put my body under." Look, God, one time God showed me. Said, "Look, you've been called to subdue the earth. This body was made from the earth, so subdue it. Subdue it. This body was made from the earth. Subdue the earth." says, run in such a way that you may obtain it. Everyone who competes for the prize exercises self-control in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we do it to, to obtain an imperishable crown, a crown that cannot be destroyed. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. That is, I do not run without purpose says, not without a goal, not without purpose. Thus I fight, not as one who is beating the air. That is, you have no target. Striking without an adversary. says, I strike with purpose. I run with purpose. Amen. I am focused on what the Lord has instructed me to do. I exercise self-control against anything that will compromise that. Praise the Lord. That is, you don't want to do anything that would deprive you from your inheritance in Christ Jesus. That's what Esau did when he sold his birthright for fleshly appetites. He was hungry. He was hungry and so he despised something spiritual because of a temporal need that he had. He said we should not be like him. The, the Bible described him as a fornicator. Amen. That is, he traded something spiritual for something carnal and lost out. Jacob, being wise, took it up. Deception, but he still took it and received the blessing. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 to 6. The Bible says, You therefore must endure what? Hardship. That's that word again. Endurance. Endure hardship. Endure the race that is set before you. Endure, that means it's not going to be easy. Anyone that tells you this gospel is not easy, no, they are lying to you. Jesus said, in this world you shall have what? Tribulations. But be of good cheer. I have done what? Overcome it already. So you are walking victoriously, not being moved by the mountains, knowing that Jesus Christ has already overcome. You are not anxious for anything. You are not afraid. If God be for us, you declare who can be against us. 
That is, if you believe that word, you will declare it. If God be for us, who are you to be against us? You declare it boldly. Because God is not a man that should lie. What he has said, he will perform. What he has purposed, he will do. But will he find you standing in faith, persevering in faith, enduring, bearing forth fruit with patience, with endurance? Says, therefore, you must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life so that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. That is, don't allow the cares of this world to distract you from obeying the one that has enlisted you. Said also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. And I'm going to get to what those rules are. How do we compete according to the rules so that we can be crowned? So that we can receive that imperishable crown? There is a pattern that we must follow if we are going to be crowned. It says the hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the fruits of the harvest. That is work hard. In this work of faith, there is hard work involved so that you can partake. That is your first partaker, not the only partaker. That is, in this work we're operating in, it is not you will be blessed so that you can be a blessing unto others. But you will be a first partaker of the fruits thereof, of your labor. That is, God won't allow you to labor and another man just eat it. No. That's against the covenant. I'll read some translation. It says, every soldier called to active duty must divorce himself from the distractions of this world so that he may fully satisfy the one who chose him. Another translation says, that's the Passion Translation, the Message Translation says, a soldier on duty doesn't get caught up in making deals at the marketplace. He concentrates, this is where I'm going, he concentrates on carrying out orders. His focus is on command me. When they ask Jesus, how do you increase our faith? He said, be like a servant. Whatever, he says, go and he goes, come and he comes. Just receive his instruction. Receive his command. That is how to increase your faith. Receiving the command of the Lord to go, to come. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 to 8. This was Paul writing to Timothy, discussing with him the end of his ministry. It says, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. He knew it was time for him to go. He was about to die. said, I have fought the good fight. Amen. And I'm going to show us how we fight the good fight. I have finished the race. That is, Paul knew he had a race to run. Each and every, Jesus, the Bible says, run the race. He is the author and the finisher. The captain is the one that is leading us in this race. Jesus ran his race. We also have our race to run. Everyone has his race to run. Thank you for listening to this message from Covenant Christian Center, NYC. Join us every Sunday, 10 a.m. in the Royal Theater at the Producers Club, 358 West 44th Street, New York. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Covenant Christian Center, NYC. Stay blessed in the mighty name of Jesus Christ.